This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up? Real MVPs, Ricky Widmer here, along with the Mark Weber. WMEs. And we are back chugging along for our AFC West preview, continuing the NFL previews here on the Onside Kick, the Pro Football Podcast, here on Most Valuable Podcast. And Mark, before we get into everything, mm-hmm. how we do the previews, make sure to check out patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. That is how you help support us. $1 tier, the bronze level, you get the base level, the MVP podcast a month early, access to our Discord. We've got a jump in Discord right now. Yeah. We're talking about wrestling that like five in the morning is popping off because we got some uh, patrons from Australia mm-hmm. where the time difference. Well, it's actually nice because I wake up at like 4.30 mm-hmm. in the morning. So you can check it. Uh, and I check respond. it and there's stuff going on. It's great. You responded to uh, a link that Johnny had sent me. I don't know why Johnny just didn't put it in the Discord. Um, how The Office mm-hmm. is not going to be on Netflix after 2021 because it's going to uh, NBC Universal Hate streaming it. service. People need to stop making their own streaming services. <laughs> I only got so much money. And when you think about the reason people love streaming is because mm-hmm. they can cut cable. Yeah. And now you can't cut cable because you got to spend 60 bucks to get all the channels you want. Yeah, you got all, all these the streaming services you that you need. And with Disney Plus, the good thing about that is ESPN Plus is going to be included into that, but, but then you still got to pay for something to get your local games. Yeah, I mean, unless you just go what Sling TV is that the big still thing? Still costs like thirty bucks a month. Hulu, I think it's like twenty five. Hulu's included, and then Hulu has live sports. That's what they keep telling you on all those commercials. But I don't think they have your local. Oh, is, the, got, is the trick? They've got live sports, but make sure to check out patreoncom podcast if you want to support us. How we do this is we start from the worst team in the division, go all the way to the best. So we'll start with the Raiders, then go to the Broncos, then the Chargers, then the Chiefs. So let's start with these Oakland Raiders, these soon-to-be Las Vegas Raiders. And how I started is very simple. Kind of go through how they were last season. Offensive yards per game, they were 23rd in the NFL with 336.2 yards per contest. Points per game, they were 28th towards the bottom, only scored 18.1 points per game. 26th in defensive yards per game, 381.4 is how many they gave up. And they were dead last in defensive points per game, giving up the most points, 29.2. And if we look at their free agency, man, did they make moves. Antonio Brown comes in via a trade with the Steelers. They signed Trent Brown on the offensive line to a four-year deal. They signed Vontez Burfick to a one-year deal. Isaiah Crowell to a one-year deal. However, he's injured now. Uh, Mike Glennon signed a contract with the You're Raiders. You're saying these like they're impressive things? Like your first they're two? They're just bodies. You were like, awesome. Then they're after that, bodies. you start going, uh, okay. Ryan Grant, they've got Jonathan Hawkins they re-signed. Uh, uh, Dwayne Harris they re-signed. Landry Jones, LaMarcus Joyner, they Sign a four-year deal with him. Brandon Marshall, the linebacker, coming over from Denver. J.J. Nelson coming in. Jalen Richard re-signing. And then Tyrell Williams signing a four-year contract coming over from the Chargers. Before I ask you the first question, Mark, I'm going to yeah. actually ask you something that I should have done. Can cool. you pass me the water bottle that's on your side of the this table guy? over here? Um, and the first question that it's I hot in here. So. The first question that I will ask you, uh-huh. this one about the Raiders, is really about mm-hmm. Antonio Brown coming in. 
This team is going to be on hard knocks. We know they why sure they were will. chose for hard knocks because they're going to have some personalities on this team, and it's going to be entertaining television. What do you expect from the Raiders in year one with Antonio Brown on this team? Is he? It's kind of the Odell question. Is he going to be good for this team, or is he going to be too much of a headache for the Raiders in year one? Well, I, I, it's not just Antonio Brown. I look at Antonio Brown. I then look at Richie Incognito, who they oh, signed God, to. I forgot they got I, Richie Incognito. Right. I then look at a guy like Perfect, and I'm just like, do you guys like? Are, do you think that this is a TV show? They're just missing the, the Dominican suit. Right. Do you think this is a TV show and, and like you need the most personalities mm-hmm. because you need people to tune in every week? Uh, do you think that this is Blitz the League? You know, like what is going on in your head for this? Because I, I just look at it and not to immediately, you know, bash the Raiders here, but I just look at it and I'm like, mm-hmm. man, you've got a lot of potential hotheads yeah. there. And Antonio Brown is an amazing wide receiver, an absolutely amazing one. I don't think that there's any issues to begin with. Mm-hmm. I think he'll be fine. Uh, he'll have a good relationship with Derek Carr. The thing that Antonio Brown doesn't like is when his team loses. Mm-hmm. And if his team starts losing, remember this is a 4-12 and team last year, if they keep losing games, then Antonio Brown's not happy. Then Antonio Brown, I think, might start calling some people out. Uh, because I don't... He doesn't want to lose, no. and he's not used to losing. That's why it was such a big shock for him uh, in Pittsburgh to suddenly have this team start losing. And Pittsburgh was a playoff team and then just barely missing the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So then to go to a 4-12 and team, that's going to be a big one. Yeah, I mean, when I look at this offense, the thing that I think about is, first, it's the team. I go, well, are they going to win that many more games? And mm-hmm. I kind of want to say no. Like, last year they were a four-win team. Maybe they add two, maybe three wins to this team. Maybe at best they're a seven and nine team. But like when you look on paper, they revamp the wide receiver core. Like they're yeah, gonna have completely. all new starting wide receivers with Brown, Williams, and Nelson um out there for the offense. And even the running game. Like, yeah, they re-signed Jalen Richard. They have uh DeAndre Washington still. But they went ahead and drafted a guy like Josh Jacobs, who I think is going to be yeah. eventually the bell cow of this team. Which they desperately needed because their run game was not good last yeah. year. And I just look at this offense and I go, with the the names that they added, especially the wide receivers, this should be a team that's better than four wins this upcoming year. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't think the Raiders are going to be like, we don't expect the Raiders to be that team that jumps into a playoff race. I expect them to maybe be closer to 500 than they were and, this season. Yeah, and here's the big thing about it. It's like, yeah, you can be better than a four-win team, mm. but if you get two wins extra and you're a six-win team, you're still not happy necessarily. Like, you'll be happier, yeah. but people get mad at me when I would talk about moral victories. Mm-hmm. Uh and they would get mad and say, we don't want moral victories. We want real victories. And I get it. Um, I get it to an extent. Mm-hmm. But you have to be happy with some progress. And, and that's what Oakland needs. This year doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to Vegas next year. That's when it matters. You want to be the L.A. Rams who just go to L.A. and say, hey, we're a good team. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with the Chargers. Go there and all of a sudden they're good. You know, the Chargers were fine uh, before that, too. 
you want to become that next team that moves somewhere and immediately it sets off because you don't want to go there and just not be good. Mm-hmm. You want to try and repeat what the Golden Knights did yeah. uh, in hockey. It's just go in there and boom, playoffs. And I wonder if, like we mentioned, Antonio Brown, Richie Incognito, mm-hmm. uh, perfect coming over. You've got guys like, I mean, Jerron Clowney, who they drafted um, long ago, had some questions coming out in the draft. You've got a guy like Arden Key who had, and these aren't like questions of like anything. It was personality questions. Yeah. Um, he had questions when he was drafted, and I almost kind of feel if, is this John Gruden's plan of on any team, on any sports team, you need enforcers? Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of think of it, baseball is a little different, but like in baseball, I think of my favorite team, the Cubs. And if I were to say anybody is our enforcer, it's kind of like I kind of think of like a Javi Baez or a Wilson Contreras, Mm -hmm. somebody who's going to talk trash and won't care if they're talking trash. Like Rizzo and Bryant's the face. Baez and Contreras are the guys that all. I mean, a lot of hockey teams legitimately have a guy who just comes off the bench to hit somebody. They have the goon out there. Yeah. Um, You look at the Gold State Warriors, Mm -hmm. the Bulls from our '90s days, the Dennis Rodman, Draymond Green, where it's like he's the scrappy player. He's going to get his hands dirty to protect the stars on that team. I wonder if more of not maybe not the Antonio Bryant, but the Vontez Perfect. The Richie Incognito. If Gruden is adding those guys to be that enforcer, to be that tough guy, or to maybe set a table for this team, mm-hmm. hey, we're the Raiders. The Raiders are a tough team. We're a like blue. Not, I don't want to say. Eh, maybe I do want to say blue collar team. Where it's like we're a tough team. We're supposed to be the badasses. Like their fans in the stadium strike fear into people with how they dress and how the black hole looks. Is that why John Gruden's added these people? I think John Gruden just likes tough guys. Okay. In general. I mean, he liked tough guys when he was in, uh, uh, in Tampa as well. Mm -hmm. And also when he was, you know, in Oakland, uh, he likes tough guys. So I I think that's completely along his, uh, his kind of game plan there. Mm -hmm. My only thing I look at when I look at Oakland is like, okay, so Gruden's been here for a little bit now. Uh, he hasn't really had any success. He's made questionable personnel decisions, too. Or, I mean, Mayock is there now, too. Uh, but now they're bringing in some more kind of questionable guys. At some point, like, if this doesn't work out again this year, and they might gain two, three wins, something like that, and then, all right, we're cool. We're letting you see. We're You know, we're going to let you see what happens still. Mm-hmm. But if it doesn't go that way... Eventually, you do start to ask questions of, like, what are we doing? Yeah. We get rid of a complete class act, superstar generational player like Khalil Mack. Mm-hmm. We get rid of a really good wide receiver when we had no wide receivers in, in Amari Cooper. Cooper. We then go out and spend money to get a bunch of wide receivers after that and immediately talk about how we could really use a good pass rush. Uh, you know, which But they got Clown Farrell. Farrell. Yep. So then they draft a, uh, a pass rush, too. You know, you sit there and you start to wonder, like, what is our plan? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the plan was getting younger a little bit. But if it doesn't work out, I think there's going to be a lot of criticism here uh, as far as personnel decisions. Mm-hmm. Well, on the wide receiver front, I can't really say this because they went out and got other free agents, other veterans yeah. of Phillip. But 
the thing on the Khalil Mack side, and I know different positions technically, Colin mm-hmm. Furrow on the line, um, Khalil Mack in the linebacking position. The thing that I think of, and maybe not year one, um, because I know people are going to say Ricky was a top five pick. Colin Farrell should be fucking putting up for this team. Like, you yeah. draft a guy that high, that high. You're wanting him to be Von Miller. You're wanting him to be Cleo Mack. He's producing week one. Yeah. Um, but I kind of have a feeling it might be a little bit of an adjustment. Like, I think Colin Farrell will be good. It's not like he's going to be trash those first few games. But I don't think he's going to be, boom, immediately yeah. what you were missing. But eventually, if Colin Farrell can become anywhere near Khalil Mack was, even if it's half of, even if it's 75% of what Khalil Mack was, you got to look at that as a win then for the Raiders. Because it's like, hey, I know that was our pick. That wasn't the pick we got from the Bears. But you know what? We're paying Colin Farrell way less than what we'd be playing Khalil Mack right now and Mm -hmm. if the Raiders start winning games and the Raiders can take that and say hey we didn't pay Khalil Mack because we had this plan of we wanted to get younger on defense we knew this was going to be a very defensive draft we didn't know we were going to fall in love with Colin Farrell but we knew we'd fall in love with Mm -hmm. somebody defensively and instead of taking all that money and just paying it to Khalil Mack we were able to get Brown, Williams and Nelson in that wide receiver core. So, I mean, if the Raiders, all the Raiders need to do this year is win more than four games. Like, I know fans are going to say, well, if they win five games, that's technically better, but it's not that much better. Yeah. But if this team is like even six and 10, if they're seven and nine, like, that's a win for this team because it's like, hey, in year one of all these personalities coming together, we were able to have a better record. Than we have the year, had the year before, and then the other thing is, I want to see what Derek Carr does this season. How much better of a season does he have this year? Now that he has nice shiny toys to throw worth, yeah. probably a run game when he had that a can couple, support him. Yeah, when he had a couple nice shiny toys, he had an amazing season with mm-hmm. a great offense, uh, heading right to the playoffs. So is it possible? Sure. A thing that concerns me, and I know there's so much that's different about this team, so I don't want to get hung up on last year. But when you do look at last year, it took overtime to get a three-point win against Cleveland. Mm -hmm. They barely got a two-point win against Arizona. Uh, Pittsburgh was a three-point win. That one is fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Denver was a good, convincing win towards the end of the season. But I looked at last year, and it's like, this could have been a two-win team, mm-hmm. you know, and they went out and they paid for a lot of these things. But what do we say a lot of times when teams go out and try and buy their wins? It doesn't work. And the thing that's funny, too, and I know Oakland fans have probably already said this in the comment section, but, like, you look at Derek Carr's stats from last year. He was good. Arguably, it was his best season. Like, mm-hmm. besides, the, like, the touchdowns were down from what he's used to. He wasn't at the 32 his second year. He yeah. wasn't at the... 28 from his third year. He, he didn't really 19. have anyone to throw the ball to. Exactly. I mean, even though he still had the most passing yards than he's ever had in a season. And the thing that kind of jumped out to me is 68.9 completion percentage. His best mm-hmm. completion percentage of any year thus far. And it wasn't like a small, like, oh, he went up 3%. No, he went up from a 62 to a 68 
in the matter yeah. of a year. I don't know if that's John Gruden's but, offensive well, system. Sometimes it's not having the deep threats. If you don't have True. deep threats, you throw safe balls, and that True. inflates your percentage, mm-hmm. even if you don't move the ball as often. Do you expect that to go down then because, this year? Um, his per- completion percentage, yeah, I do. Uh, his average yards, this actually was his highest average, mm-hmm. but it was 7.3 yards. Yeah. He's hit 7 yards average twice already in his career, uh, and then 6.8 last year. So it mm-hmm. wasn't instrumentally um, larger of, of uh, average yards. Yeah. So, I, I do expect the completion to go back down. I expect his touchdowns to go back up. Mm-hmm. Coincidentally, I expect his interceptions to go up too because he's going to take chances, which is not a bad thing. You want your quarterback to take chances. His sack percentage was also the highest it's ever been in his career. Well, that's because they have bad offensive line. Yeah, like his highest was his second year at five point one. Last year was eight point four percent. And that's hoping that Colton Miller, who they really mm-hmm. went out and got in the first round, hoping that he. Uh, develops mm-hmm. a little bit more because he didn't look worth that first round pick. Yep. Uh, you've got Incognito there. You know, you want this offensive line to really kind of start to gel and develop mm-hmm. throughout this season. So I think that he his sack numbers will be a little too high this year. I don't think it'll be anywhere near as high as it was last year. And, um, but it's going to take a little bit for it to start to stay down. And one guy I really want to focus on, like just watching him this year, not like mm-hmm. talking about him. I just want to mention was Jonathan Abram. And the reason why is that was an interesting one mm-hmm. for me because that's the third guy that they took in that first round. And I remember draft night just kind of shaking my head like, why'd you do that? Why'd you reach for him? He'd probably be there in the second um, for you. You could have taken um, a better player. But kind of to wrap this up, just looking at the schedule – This is a division, how we always do. We kind of look at it, obviously. They're going to play their own division, so Broncos, Chargers, and Chiefs twice. Um, But they're going to have the AFC South, so you got Jacksonville and Tennessee are the home games. Houston and Indy are the road games. They've got the NFC North. Um, They will be at Minnesota, at Green Bay, home against um, the— well, the Bears are in London, but home against um, the Detroit Lions— and then you have the AFC North Bengals and the AFC East Jets as their two kind of filler games. Yeah. What are your thoughts about this schedule? I don't mind this schedule. I mean, there are things that I don't like. I don't mm-hmm. like having to play the Packers, the Bears, and the Vikings. Uh, you know, I don't like having to play like the Colts and the Texans. I'm not super scared of the Titans. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think the Raiders are that far off from the Titans. Uh, we have a little bit of figuring out to do with the Jaguars mm-hmm. after last year and Nick Foles coming in. It's at the end of the season, so that means one or two things. Either it didn't quite work out with mm-hmm. Nick Foles and this is a bad team, or, hey, it took a little bit, but, hey, we've got they it all together. out. And now we're awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, So that's going to be a little bit rough. I think the Raiders can play their division a little bit tougher uh, this year than last year. Mm-hmm. So... You know, when we were saying, when we were throwing six wins out there, I don't think six wins is that unrealistic for the Raiders. And like I said, this is a bit of a wash season anyways, because this season doesn't matter. We're looking to that Las Vegas first season. That's the big one. That's the one we care about. So really, this season is just about taking a step in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Uh, And like I said, there are some things I don't like about it. Uh, I especially don't like losing a home game if I'm the Raiders, but... I think you can get six wins out of this. Yeah, I'm 
on the other side. Because last year, if you take a look at their wins, and I know like you mentioned with mm-hmm. the Cleveland one, that one was close, but they beat Cleveland, who wasn't that good of a team. Arizona, well, Cleveland's a better team. I should give them. No, it was early in the season, though. It was a bad team. But like overall, they finished better than they usually end. Arizona, who was the worst team in the NFL last year, record wise, and they barely won that one. Stole a game against Pittsburgh. That was a close one, a three point game. And then they beat Denver and kind of split with them. However, the first one was only a one point loss, and because of that, I kind of look at the schedule. And the for sure wins that I see, there's not a lot of them. I think they can beat the Bengals. I think they can beat the Jets. I think they can beat the Titans. And I think they win one of the games against Denver, either Week 17 or Week 1. That's four. That means to me, to get to that six, to get to that seven, what games are you going to steal? Are you going to steal a home game against the Lions? Are you going to steal one of those road games? Jacksonville, are you going to steal it? Because it's at home in Oakland. And the thing I really do not like, and I know it's broken up with a bye week, Mm -hmm. but week one, I'm not upset about that annual Denver-Oakland game on Monday night because Denver also has a new coach coming in. Week one, you're kind of expecting with the new system being in there that everyone's not going to be maybe on the same page that they would be Week 17, so maybe you can steal one against Denver at your home stadium week Mm -hmm. one. But then from week two to week eight, Kansas City, yikes, at Minnesota, at Indianapolis. Yeah, it's in London, but you're playing the Bears, who were a really good defense last year. Then you get the bye, but then you got to go to Green Bay and to Houston. I don't like that stretch at Mm -hmm. all, and I would not be surprised if that's one, two, three, four, five, six, or five, six losses for the Raiders. That would not be very good for the Raiders, especially a team that has a lot of those personalities Mm -hmm. that they need to gel. Uh, I think an interesting thing here is you play the Broncos week one, you play them again week 17. Mm -hmm. So I think that's going to be something important to watch, seeing the development of this team as they go on to the future, how they they do between week one and 17. Could they win two against the Broncos this year and not just split? I don't know. The Broncos are a better team, too, this year. Because last year they obviously split. I know it was that one-point game. Broncos um, have potentially a real quarterback this year. Yeah, true. Um, But... Any final thoughts you got on the Raiders before we move on into those Denver Broncos? Raiders, stop going to London. <laughs> That's my final thought. Just stop. Oh, well, this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section. Also, if we look at the schedule, two, two primetime games. They've got a Thursday night game, week 10, obviously Monday night to start it. Um, Raider fans, Black Hole, let us know what you guys think down below in that comment section. Are we too low on your team, too high on your team? What do you expect from the Oakland Raiders this year in 2019? And Mark, let's jump into that next team, the Denver Broncos. And Denver Bronco fans, welcome in if you're coming in on YouTube. Make sure to rate and review the Onside Kick on Apple Podcasts. Every five-star rating means the world to us, helps us get into the year's of more people. So if you can go and rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and iTunes, that would mean the world to us. But let's start it off. The Denver Broncos looking at last year. Got to pull up the preview spreadsheet that we have. Um, offensive yards per game, they were 19th 
overall in the league, 350 yards per contest. They were 24th in points, 20.6, 22nd in defensive yards per game, 365.1, 13th in defensive points per game, giving up 21.8 points per game. If we look at free agency, they trade for Joe Flacco. They bring in Bryce Callahan, the cornerback. They bring in Kevin Hogan, or they re-sign Kevin Hogan, I should say. Um, they bring in Kareem Jackson, another defensive back. They bring in Jawan James, offensive tackle. One of the also big new things to this team, Vic Fangio of That's right. your Chicago Bears is now the head coach of this team. And that's where we'll start, Vic Fangio. I know we've talked about him before. We talked mm-hmm. about him when he got the job here in Denver. But with Vic Fangio coming in, you've got Rick Scangiarello coming over from the Chargers, who's the offensive coordinator. You got Joe Flacco now, who's the quarterback. He was with the 49ers, right? What should, with the, oh, that's right. He yeah. was with Kyle Shanahan. You were mm. correct. I was mixing up my Californian team's. What should we expect from the Broncos in in year one of the Fangio regime? I think what you expect, you look at the Chicago Bears a little bit with, mm-hmm. when Vic Fangio was there, uh, especially looking like right before they went and were able to grab Mitch Trubisky. Uh, and you look at that team and you say, what did they have? Offense struggled, mm-hmm. but that defense was solid. That defense was really good. And obviously John Fox is the actual head coach, so that mm-hmm. changes things a little bit. But... When you are looking at that, you're looking for a team that's going to grab on to the defensive concepts, even though they're a little difficult, pretty easily. Mm-hmm. They're going to grab on. They're going to get it. They're going to jump into that. Uh, people will have some frustrations when they see things like, why is Bradley Chubb dropping back into coverage? Uh, <laughs> but you're going to have to get used to that. Khalil Mack rushes. Why is he dropping back? Why is it? He should never drop back. He needs to rush <laughs> at all times. Uh, some people would say the same about Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. <laughs> which is what you're going to see this year. Uh, and But, you know, that's just how it works, and his team works very well. He's very mm-hmm. uh, he's very much in my, my line. We'll get to... The quarterback. I only need to rush mm-hmm. three guys. Yeah. Very into disguising blitzes and things like that. Uh, or making you think there's a blitz and there's nothing. Yeah. But anyways, the defense, I think, is going to be carrying this team. The question is what the offense is going to do. And that's why I love, you know, and want to mention uh, Scancarello, too, because he is the question mark to me mm-hmm. on this when it comes to the coaching staff. Ed Donatel is going to do a great job. Uh, you know, Vic Fangio is going to do a great job. Those two have a great relationship together. Uh, the reason I'm concerned offensively is because I don't think Vic Fangio is going to care in the least with this offense. Now, don't don't say I'm saying he's not going to care. He's just going to basically say, I got the defense. Mm-hmm. I'll check in on this offense, make sure things are going well. But I'm trusting you to get this offense ready. Yeah. Uh, that's the kind of what I mean there. Kind of like how you had Matt Nagy. Hey, I'm going to do the offense. Hey, Vic, I'm going to leave the defense to you. I'll check in now and then, but it's mm-hmm. your your ship to run. Exactly. And the question I have with that, and the thing that concerns me is, yeah, he was with the San Francisco 49ers last year uh, as quarterback's coach. And, you know, he had some time with Jimmy G. You had some time with uh, Nick Mullins, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or Mullen. Mullen. Uh, and and he did better than expected. Mm-hmm. But I don't think anyone's saying that 49ers offense was very good. Yeah. Before that, he was at Wagner. Mm-hmm. Then he was with the Atlanta Falcons in 2015 when they went 8-8. Eight and eight. Before that, Northern Arizona, just a bunch of 
teams where you don't really care very much and mm-hmm. they didn't really do that good. He's bouncing somewhere year after year after year. Uh, he's spending two years in a place every now and then, but t- typically it's one year out, one year out, one year out. That concerns me for a couple reasons. One, is he going to bounce very quickly? Mm-hmm. Is my young quarterback who we just drafted, we just invested uh, a you know significant enough pick into mm-hmm. Drew Locke? Yeah. I think they are expecting him to be the quarterback of the future. Uh, we want him to develop and have consistency. Mm-hmm. Joe Flacco will be fine. But the young guy needs consistency. Are we going to lose you in one or two years? That, I think, would be an issue. That would be a concern. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, pretty much none of those offenses have been really that successful. It reminds me, once again, to make the Chicago connection, just because of Ed Donatel and Vic Fangio here, of when the Bears brought in Dow Loggins, a guy who was not successful, Mm -hmm. a guy who bounced around all over the NFL, a guy who... Everybody and then, the, and then the Dolphins brought him in right? because Jay Cutler was there and Adam Gase was there. Exactly. Everybody is like, uh, I don't think this is going to be a good idea. Have you looked at the track record? Same exact thing that I see here. I don't mm-hmm. know if this is going to work. Have you looked at the track record? I look at a guy like Cortland Sutton. He needs to develop into something more. Mm-hmm. You know, and yes, you have a guy like Emmanuel Sanders there who's a big vet who can can help him out. I but guess. But they traded Demarius Thomas last year. Now opening a spot. In the one-two receiver uh, core for Cortland Sutton. Exactly. Then you have the extra question of Joe Flacco. Mm-hmm. Is he going to mentor Drew Locke? No. Exactly. Have you, have you heard those interviews? Exactly. Where he was like, it ain't my job. That right there is like, that man is not mentoring him. Then you have like the uh, an- analysts who are like, it's not his job to mentor the quarterback. It's Drew Locke's job. Like, Someone's going to have to mentor this quarterback. It was basically Chris Sims said, Mm because he was a quarterback in the league. I was listening to his podcast, and they were talking about it, and he goes, is Joe Flacco going to mentor Drew Locke? No. But if Drew Locke has a question, he's like, Joe Flacco's not going to be a dick. He's not going to go, hey, rookie, go learn it somewhere else. But he's like, you got to understand, like, people expect, like, hey, I'm going to mentor this guy. It's like, if you're doing that, you're basically saying, I'm going to teach you how to take my job from me. And Joe Flacco doesn't want this kid to take his job. Yeah, Exactly. Drew Lost going to ask, hey, Joe, uh, you know of any good restaurants around here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, real great burger place. You're going to love it. <laughs> He's got it's, be- it's this red place down the street, got some yellow arches <laughs> next to it. You go there, kid. You got to be fun. like uh, Tom Brady. You just got to lead by example. Hey, kid, watch me do it uh, and you'll be fine. And then the kid goes somewhere else and isn't fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I look at this, just enough young guys that I get concerned of if they don't have that consistency um, because this guy hasn't lasted anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know how this is going to be that different. And the fact of he's also not been successful yeah. really anywhere. So there's a big question mark on your offense. Doesn't mean there's not talent. There mm-hmm. is a ton of talent offensively. Philip Lindsay was like, the most impressive story on an well, offense last him year. And Royce Freeman last yeah. year that were great stories from the rookie front. And I think I expect more of the same. Mm-hmm. Noah Fant's gonna be a huge safety blanket Dude, for Joe Flacco. I can't wait. And I know that um Scargiarella was just the quarterback's coach last year, but if he picked up anything from Kyle Shanahan, mm-hmm. could you imagine if Noah Fant 
had a season like George Kittle had last year, holy shit, he'll probably have a better season. Speaking of places where you've got nobody else to throw the ball to. Exactly. But, like, Noah Finn, I would Mm -hmm. say, is, yes, he's younger, but a better athlete than what totally George Kittle is. So, like, Mm -hmm. if he's even getting those opportunities, I think he could potentially have a better season than George Kittle had. And I know people might be saying, well, Ricky, either lay off the weed or put your foot on the brake. But, like, that's what I think could happen with Noah Fant this year just because of the system he's walking into. Yeah, this is going to be a very different-looking Denver Broncos type of team. Uh, I'm excited to see it. I think that this is a team that's going to be a much, much better team. They already had a really good defense. They already had a great running game. Their passing game was average. I expect the passing game not to become amazing. We're not going to have the is Joe Flacco elite question again, Mm -hmm. but it's going to be a better passing game than last year. The run game should be at least the same, if not better, now that these guys have had time to sit, learn, develop. This defense is going to instantly become a better defense. The amazing thing to me, what does Vic Fangio do really well? Rushing only those who he needs to rush. Mm -hmm. What does Ed Donatel do very well? Defensive backs. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be a very complete defense. This is going to probably be, in two years, best defense in the NFL. Hmm. Uh, What they need is is to be able to develop the offense to complement it. And that's the thing that I will say is different than Mm -hmm. the Chicago defense is this defense is a little, except for like a Bradley Chubb, this defense is a little bit older than what he was working with in Chicago. But I think we'll... We'll see how that changes mm-hmm. in, in a couple of years, too, with drafts. This was an offensive-heavy draft. They mm-hmm. needed a quarterback. They got another weapon for him to throw You're talking two. the needs were offensive-heavy yes. for the Broncos. Yeah, yeah. Because there were was going, a ton of defensive talent. They definitely. They needed offensive weapons. Exactly. They, they go get an offensive lineman as mm-hmm. well. They were all about the offense, which is what they needed. In the f- near future, I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised if they go— Defense, defense, mm-hmm. defense, just because yeah. that's what a guy like Vic Fangio is going to thrive off of. Also, I know this is off topic, but I'm mm-hmm. throwing it out here on the podcast anyways because we've already previewed them. Um, Jonah Williams. No. You mentioned it. Oh, he was in, He might be injured. Well, he's not playing this year for the uh, Bengals. So, I mean, that was something that happened this week. I put it in the Discord, yeah. but I was like, man, so it begins for the Bengals, man. It's the kind of thing where you don't want to say, like, hey, I saw that coming, but uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately we, we saw it coming. Um, poor Broncos. Or not Broncos. Poor Bengals. <laughs> Let's look at the schedule, though, for the Broncos. And similar schedule that the Raiders had. They have the AFC West, NFC North, AFC South, and then their two random opponents are the Browns. They will get them in Denver. The Buffalo Bills, they will get them at Buffalo with Bills Mafia there for for the game, and the thing I start with is the same thing I said for Oakland's schedule. Week one's a winnable game. Like, that game against Oakland and Denver, I could see anybody winning that mm-hmm. Monday night in Oakland. But then you look at the next, what, for this one, the next four games? Chicago, Green Bay, Jacksonville, L.A. Then the Titans, which could be a down game, which they could win it. And then you get the Chiefs, the Colts, and then the Browns, who could be a really good team this year. So to me, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a 
two, three win team heading into their bye week time. It's possible the benefits I'm going to give them, obviously the Raiders are the Raiders. Uh, mm-hmm. Vic Fangio knows the Chicago Bears defense pretty mm-hmm. well. I mean, yes, Pagano's going to change it, Mitch but he's Trubisky's familiar. To, uh, he knows Mitch. He's going to make some plays. Exactly. So there's a little bit of a benefit there for Fangio to go to Chicago. He knows Chicago. Mm-hmm. There's also a benefit for him to go to Green Bay in Week 3. Because he knows that team. And he's beaten Green Bay. Mm-hmm. His defense has basically been the reason Chicago has been able to beat Green Bay. I mean, LaFleur being there might change some things, but still. Yeah, it might make knows, it worse. He knows how to play Aaron Rodgers. Exactly. So honestly, I would not be shocked if the Denver Broncos were a 3-0 team mm-hmm. before they start to play Jaguars, Chargers. Yeah. And I don't expect them to be a playoff team this year. Mm-hmm. I just think that they're going to probably be they're going to be that team that steals games. I remember mm-hmm. when uh, when they, when they the Chicago Bears had Vic Fangio that first year, and I forgot who it was who said it, but he was talking about the Bears and like, here's this team that is having a bad season. Mm-hmm. They're losing the game that we're playing against them. Uh and they're still going out there and they're trying. They're mm-hmm. still giving it 100%. That motor is going to constantly be there. And that's the thing that I think is going to help the Denver Broncos steal a game against mm-hmm. a team like the Bears or the Packers. Steal a game against the Browns, if you want to call that a steal. Split with the Chiefs. You know, they're a team that is going to steal some of these games when at the same time, that offense, it's going to let you down every now and then. Mm-hmm. And that's okay because I think there's still some development there. And Joe Flacco, you guys know Joe Flacco is not the real answer. Yeah. Um, so it'll be a little up and down of a season. I didn't ask this, but I will. Mm-hmm. Do we see a Lamar Jackson situation? Like, let's say worst comes to worst. Poor Joe. Joe Flacco mm-hmm. only has three wins heading into the week 10 bye. If you are Vic Fangio, next game against Minnesota, so November 17th, do you pull the trigger and say Drew Locke is our quarterback the rest of the year? If Vic Fangio was an offensive coach, yes. He's a defensive coach. He's a conservative coach. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say no. Does he leave? Do you think he may, might leave that decision up to the OC? If the no. OC's running the offense. I don't think he will. I think he's going to make the decision. Mm-hmm. I just think he's going to be a very safe. We're going to rely on the run game. Mm-hmm. And I would just want Joe Flacco to use his arm every now and then uh, to throw it deep. Which could work out for him because that's what he did yeah. before. It's when he was when most the successful. Were successful. Strong defense, great run game. Especially when he had like Tory, young Tory Smith, yeah, who could just fly down that sideline, put the arms up, catch it in the bread basket, put it in for the touchdown. But this is a Denver team that I think that the big thing you want to see is that defense. You want to see it get back to what it was when you guys were in the Super Bowl because. Mm-hmm. I don't expect it to be that level, but you want to get back to that as close as you can. So if you see strides from the defense, that's a win for you guys. And then when it comes to the schedule, like you said, what games can you steal? Am I locking it in that they're a three-win team by the bye? No, but I would not be surprised if they were a three-win team when they got to their bye week 10. But could they steal a game against Green Bay? Could they steal one? You didn't bring up the Jaguars this time. I'll even say it. What if Nick Foles and them are not gelling week four into the season and you steal one against Jacksonville? Well, remember, that too. that one's at home in Denver. That uh, Nick Foles is a boomer bust kind of quarterback. Throws mm-hmm. a lot of touchdowns or throws a lot of interceptions. True. So at Donatello, he's going to teach his guys. They're going to go and steal some. And you've got Vic Fangio knows how to play him. Yeah. Saw him in the playoffs last year. 
did pretty well, would have beat him if Cody Parkey could have kicked a field goal. Yeah, it wasn't Vic Fangio's defense's fault that they lost. No, it wasn't their fault at all. But any final thoughts on the Broncos before we move on into Mm -hmm. the Chargers? Very excited to see uh, what kind of things Vic Fangio wears next year. Well, this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think, Denver Bronco fans, down in that comment section. Are you high on your team, low on your team? What do you expect from Vic Fangio, Joe Flacco, in their first year? with the Denver Broncos. But, Mark, let's move on. And the third team we're talking about in this preview, if you're on YouTube, welcome in Charger fans to the preview as we continue on our AFC West preview. Before we get into everything, make sure to follow MVP at twitch.tv backslash Podcast. Going to be starting to do podcasts live for you guys on Twitch. We've done a few already, kind of troubleshooting, and... We now can have subs on Twitch. So that means if you have Amazon Prime, have Twitch Prime, you can throw us that free sub that they give you each and every month. It's like free money that you can throw at somebody on Twitch. And I'm basically Kurt Schilling, Mark. Why yep. not us? Yep. Why not us? Just the Kurt Schilling from the Red Sox when they beat the Yankees coming back 3-0. Why not us? So if you got the Amazon Prime, why not throw that at us and help us out twitch.tv backslash most valuable podcast but this charger team mark let's go through the rankings for them they were mm-hmm. 11th in total offense last year yards per game 379 or 72 yards per contest six in points per game offensively 26.8 defensively they were ninth 333 yards given up they were eighth in points per game giving up 20.6 points per contest. This is a team during free agency that signed Thomas Davis to a two-year deal coming over from the Carolina Panthers. They re-signed um, Brandon Mabane. They re-signed Adrian Phillips, Denzel Perryman, and they signed Tyrod Taylor to a two-year deal coming over from the Cleveland Browns. This is a team that didn't do much free agency mm-hmm. to change the landscape of their team. It's still going to be Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Yeah, they lost Tyrell Williams. He is now in Oakland. Um, so you might have Travis Benjamin be that third guy for this team. But they still have um, Hunter Henry. They still have Virgil Green in the tight end um, race. They still got Melvin Gordon. What should Charger fans expect from their Chargers this year who were a playoff team a year ago. Yeah, they sure were a playoff team last year, and they were a really good team, too. Not only were they one of the better defenses in the NFL, uh, they were also one of the better offenses in the NFL. Mm -hmm. So they kind of had the whole thing going for them. And I look at that Chargers team, and, you know, I, I think that this team, they had this... When they played some tougher teams, that's kind of when they struggled. Mm -hmm. Uh, You look last year at them losing to the Kansas City Chiefs. So did pretty much everybody else. Mm -hmm. You look at them losing to the L.A. Rams. So did pretty much everybody else. You know, they were a team that were a really, really good team. They weren't necessarily ready to take that next step Mm -hmm. yet. And part of that, I have to put some blame last year in the playoffs for them uh, when they played the New England Patriots was the stubbornness of a coach Mm -hmm. to not being willing to change his defensive scheme. 
that was not working against New England as they were going on a roll, scoring 41 points. Mm-hmm. The things you were able to do against Lamar Jackson were not going to work against Tom Brady. And you needed mm-hmm. to be able and willing to make those changes uh, a little bit faster because Rivers isn't going to carry a whole team on his own. Uh, and, of course, in the playoffs, the running game was a bit of a struggle. Mm-hmm. But anyways, this team should expect, I think, more of the positives, like more of the same in the positives. More really good seasons out of Phillip Rivers. Uh, you know, the running game hopefully gets a little bit better. They were above average, but they could do to be a little bit better uh, this year as well. And a really strong defense with a really strong pass rush. That pass rush is really what carries this defense. Mm-hmm. And you need it when you're going up against guys like Patrick Mahomes. You know, you need to have that really, really strong defense. So I hope for their sake that they're able to kind of. Um, get that going. I I would love to see them kind of maybe get a little less sacks on your 37 year old quarterback. I think that would be kind of a nice advantage too. He'll be 38 towards the end of the season. Mm -hmm. So that might be helpful for you. Uh, Cause you look at Phillip rivers, the guys behind him, like Tyrod Taylor and Cardale Jones, this is your boom or bust right Mm -hmm. here. You do not have a quarterback of the future here. You got to make this run. You got to take advantage of this amazing roster that you have. Go for that Super Bowl run this year because I don't think you had that much left with Phil Rivers. Yeah, and the thing that I think of is this might be the year mm-hmm. where if I'm a Charger fan, I'm thinking this is our year to pounce. This is the year we pounce on this division. And the mm-hmm. reason why I say that the Kansas City Chiefs. And we're going to get in the Chiefs to end the podcast. They were the best team in the division last year. But you look at this division a year ago, there were only, what, a game that separated these two teams? Because, I mean, they were tied. If the Chargers would have won one more game or the Chiefs would have lost yeah. one more game, it's flipped. And I think that this year... Especially with the Chiefs, you look at it. Kareem Hunt's not there anymore. Tyreek Hill's uncertain because of his legal issues that are going on right now. This is a team, the Chiefs defensively last year were not that good. Like, if you look at yards per game, I'll spoil it. They were 31st and 32nd, I want to say, in defense, in the defensive stats that I read off. At the beginning of each segment, yeah, they were third. I'm sorry, they were 31st in yards per game, giving up about 405 yards to each team. Um, they were 24th in points per game, giving up 26.3. And I think that the Chargers, based on the Chiefs and what the Chiefs are losing this year, I look at the Chargers and I go, "This is your time to pounce." Phillip Rivers is getting older. Patrick Mahomes is still young. Like, yeah, I know they still have Patrick Mahomes, and he could probably will that team to the playoffs and to a good record. But I almost look at what the Chiefs are losing, and I look at the Chargers and go, this is your time. You were tied with this team last year in the record books. This is your time to pounce. Take this division from the Chiefs before the window closes on your fingertips and you fall down from the window that you're trying to get into, which is called the playoffs, which is called the Super Bowl. Yeah, and, you know, this is a 
team that has everything they need. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, you want to. I don't really understand what was going on with Melvin Gordon necessarily throughout mm. the year last just year. Injured. Uh yeah, and he was never looking he was never looking like he was over it either. Uh um, He was good good before the I only know cuz I had him on my fantasy team. Good before the injury, but then yeah, after the injury was good game, bad game, over good it. game, good game, bad game. Yeah, and and then in the playoffs just running game was essentially non-existent. Mm-hmm. Uh for the Chiefs but yeah, I mean, you're spot on with it too. It's just you don't have much left out of Philip Rivers. We're spoiled right now because, like I said, Drew Brees, Big Big Ben, Philip Rivers, Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. We've got all these really old quarterbacks that are still playing really well. Yeah, it doesn't. That's not the norm mm-hmm. um, unless we're just seeing a completely new era where quarterbacks play mm-hmm. into their forties. You don't have that much left with Philip Rivers. You got to capitalize on it, and especially too. I mean, you got two good teams in LA right now. Be the first one that gets to that Super Bowl. It is kind of that race well, to see which one gets the Super Bowl. The first. Rams did well, get to the Super Bowl. I mean, win mean and win actually, it. yeah. Well, I also mean like you know, play in the Super Bowl would be helpful <laughs> too. Um, we taking shots at the Rams. Is that what we're doing? You guys scored three points. <laughs> Sean McVay. Ooh, this offense is so scary. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Bill Belichick was on the other side. He usually does know how to game plan for teams. He does. Especially when you give him two weeks to do so. He's also lost Super Bowls, though, too. Yeah, but no one expected that Philly special, man. You got to trick the Belichick. That's what you got to do. So what they should have done. You got to trick him. Is bench Jared Goff <laughs> is what they well, should have done. Jared Goff wasn't playing well towards the end. People, no. that was a that was like a serious question heading into the playoffs, which is like you're freaking kidding me, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like the Chargers. I look at it and I go, "This is your time to pounce." I ha- if you have a healthy Melvin Gordon, I know Keenan Allen has struggled. Like that receiving injuries core have has just been the worst for this team with injuries as well. But I just I have a feeling with. What the Chiefs have lost coming into this year and could potentially lose with Tyreek Hill, mm-hmm. it's just I I look at it and I go, like, D Ford's not on this team anymore. I know Frank Clark coming in kind of replaces that, but it's like, wow, like this is a team that needs to strike now, or else that window might be bam, shut, and it might not open in the Phillip Rivers era ever again. What are your thoughts looking at the schedule when it comes to this team? You know, the the schedule for the Chargers, obviously it starts to get tougher as as you move up and up uh, because of those other teams that you get to play, mm-hmm. the two uh, kind of mystery teams. But when one of them is the Dolphins, you feel pretty good about it. Uh, you know, I, I think the Chargers are that team that they're going to beat those teams like the Colts. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not a guarantee, but I'm le- I'm going to have a the- better shot than the two we yeah. just talked about. I'm going to take the Chargers over a team like the Colts. I'm going to mm-hmm. take them. Uh, well, it's early, but still, probably over the Texans. I'm going to take the Chargers as well. Mm-hmm. I think they've got a really good shot getting right back into the playoffs, uh, being able to make kind of a run in the AFC. I think they can get close to taking it. I mean, literally, both teams were 12 and four. Mm-hmm. Last year, between the the Chiefs and the Chargers, they were not that far from being the division winner last year. I think they can kind of go right back and do it again. The big advantage I think they have over the Chiefs, a ton of pressure on the Chiefs, mm-hmm. no pressure on the Chargers well, really. And the thing that I kind of look at too when it comes to the schedule 
and I know that other teams might be able to come in and steal a game mm-hmm. on the Chargers, but I look at it and there's not a big section of the schedule that's like, wow, watch out for this one because you're going like, to lose the next six games. Well, it's like the Colts, okay, but then you get the Lions, then Houston, okay, but then you get the uh, the Dolphins. Dolphins and then Broncos. All right, the Steelers, oh, but then you get Tennessee. Bears and Packers, oh, but then you get Oakland. And it's like, I feel like the only time that it's really bunched up is to end it, you get Jacksonville, Minnesota, then Oakland, and then Kansas City to end things out. Where it's like, yeah, it's not bad. That is the only part of the section of the schedule that is mm-hmm. condensed into, wow, that's a hard portion of the schedule. Everything else is kind of like, Hard game, harder game, easier game, harder game, easier game, harder game, easier game, almost all the way through their schedule. Here's the problem for Chargers fans. I'm feeling good about your chances this year, and uh, usually when I feel good about the Chargers, you guys do terribly. You bolt up. Yeah, when if I bolt up, you guys let me down. So <laughs> it made me feel a little bit nervous about that. Mark's like, I don't know if I want to bolt up, but I will ask you, what do you think is the percentage mm-hmm. that this team – wins the division next year over the Chiefs and will it like yes there's a percentage so like even if you give 60% yeah is that 60% going to come true uh well actually I'm glad you say 60 cuz 60 was what I was going to say okay uh 60% chance I do have them taking the division over the Chiefs right now is it going to come true as long as injuries don't come and bite this team I think it will but injuries mm-hmm. were biting the team last year and they were still 12 and 14 and I kind of feel like in the playoffs, if we look to that side of it, this is a team that needs, needs to be one of the top two teams in the AFC. Get those home games. A, get those home games, but B, don't see the Patriots until you absolutely have to. Hope that somebody else takes care of the Patriots for you. Welcome in someone from Wild Card. It's nice to meet you. We'll see you later. We'll meet the Patriots if we have to. In the AFC Championship game, mm-hmm. um, the other big thing is just there are tough games on the schedule, and how do you get through those? The Bears, the Packers, the Colts, the Texans. How do you get past those, and what do you really do um, in those games on top of the easier games? Any final thoughts you got on the Chargers before we move on? Chargers fans, once again, I'm sorry, but I'm feeling good about it. <laughs> Looks like Mark's bolting up. But Charger fans, let us know what you guys think down below. In that comment section, are you high on your team, low on your team? I No one's low on their team at this point in the season. Everyone could win the Super Bowl if they wanted to. But let us know what you guys think down below. And Mark, let's move on into the last part of our podcast. If you are just checking us out, make sure to check out patreon.com backslash most of our podcast. That is how you help us. We are just talking about our patron, Jake. Um, before we started to record this segment, you can talk to Jake as well as all our other patrons, as well as us from the MVP crew on our discord at the bronze level, as low as a dollar, you get access to that discord. Just one of the many rewards you can get for supporting us on Patreon. Check that down below in the link in the description, but let's talk about these chiefs. This is a team offensively best in the NFL last year. Yep. 425 or 425 yards per game, scoring just over 35 points a game. Defensively, eh, they were kind of bad. Um, they were 31st in yards per game. Well, if 
you get a lot of yards, you give up a lot of yards. 405 last year, and they were 24th in points per game, 26.3. And if you look at their free agency, D Ford, one of the big ones, they trade him away, um, but they bring in via a trade Frank Clark. So Frank Clark coming in, D Ford coming out. The other signings that they made, just got to go to it really quick. They bring in um, Brashad Breeland, um, cornerback to a one-year deal. They bring in Carlos Hyde to a one-year deal. The Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, to a three-year deal. They trade with the Browns for Emmanuel Ogbach, get some pass rush on the defensive line. They also sign Alex Okafor, another defensive end, to a three-year deal. And they bring in linebacker Damian Wilson, um, who signed a deal with the Chiefs, according to Ian Rappaport. And the thing I want to start with, though, is not the guys that they're gaining, Mark. Mm-hmm. It's the guys they're losing or could yeah. potentially lose. And one for sure that they have lost is Kareem Hunt. He will not be a Chief this year. He is a member of the Cleveland Browns after the Chiefs cut him. Um, so that means your backfield is basically Damian Williams, Carlos Hyde, um, Darnell Williams. They bring in a um, Darwin Thompson. They still have, I believe, they should have Charmander West, if I'm right. Nope. No, he's not here on the depth chart. So he's not there. But then also, this team could be losing Tyreek Hill to just some games, all the games. We don't know necessarily what's going on with that yet they're still in the process of figuring all that out yeah if they i'll say if they lose tyreek hill what do we expect from this chiefs team that is losing that could lose two key weapons from last year's run well certainly not five thousand yards and 50 touchdowns at that Mm -hmm. point uh i I think that's going to take a lot away and especially with with uh with tyreek hill too so many of Patrick Mahomes' touchdowns mm-hmm. and his progression too was quick tosses to Tyreek yeah. Hill. You take that away, that's a major part of the game mm-hmm. that's gone. Uh, and that's not saying that he can't do everything else because he can do everything else. Uh, I'm just saying that that was such a strong part of this offense. I expect mm-hmm. this offense to take quite a big step back because I look at a guy like Kareem Hunt and – he was such a huge part of the running game, which already wasn't necessarily amazing, mm-hmm. but was a really good running game. I don't really have that much faith in guys like Carlos Hyde and Damian Williams. Uh, I'm not that excited or that scared of them. They'll be fine, mm-hmm. but I think you're going to have a below average running game now. Your passing game, yes, you have Patrick Mahomes, but Sammy Watkins really isn't that much to be excited about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Demarcus Robinson, yeah, okay. You know, you just don't give me that much without mm-hmm. a guy like Tyreek Hill to really be that scared of um, other than Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Yeah, and I just I look at this team and there's two big questions that I have on each side. And the first one's the offense of if they lose a Tyreek Hill, what do we expect? And I honestly, I said it during the um, Charger preview. I don't know if I gave my percentage. I'm going to go 70. Like, if they lose Tyreek Hill, 75% chance they lose the division to the Chiefs this year. And I know that Chief fans are going to get mad at me for that, but I just feel like they're losing a lot. 
And then mm-hmm. when it comes to the defense, I look at this defense that was not good last year, and you got to ask the question because I necessarily am not hot on this. I don't think that he's going to be a guy that comes in and is like a Vic Fangio that you're like, yes, I'm super glad that he's my defensive coordinator. But ex-Giant head coach Steve Spagnola comes in and he's the guy they kind of reward with, hey, it's on you to kind of fix this defense because Andy Reid is more of that offensive head coach. Yeah, and I I, I agree with you. I, I'm not convinced that it's necessarily going to be instantly fixed. I think they made some smart decisions, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when it comes to guys like Okafor, Frank Clark, and things like that. Like, they've made some good decisions. They made some good additions. They went into the draft to get another safety as well. You got the honey badger there. Mm-hmm. You've made some smart decisions. It's just the matter of, okay, now can coaching make it all work? Yeah. Can this all start to gel? Um, you know, because I I like Andy Reid a lot as a coach. He's an amazing coach. The offensive coordinator uh, is going to be someone who's going to be looked at for jobs next year Mm. for head coaching jobs um this is a team that i think will kind of take a little bit of that step backwards but uh i'm sorry the only thing i can keep thinking of is andy reed being like hey you know what you all say that i forget about my running game Mm. now i just don't have one so (laughs) no no excuse to forget about it if i don't have one exactly i mean but they've got guys that it's like i mean carlos hyde is one that I think of where it's like very just okay as a starter he wasn't anything special as a backup he was like you said just okay like Mm -hmm. they don't have a guy on the roster uh, running back wise that jumps out to me and goes hey Ricky I'm the guy I'm the guy that's the bell cow and maybe that's their goal because like without Kareem Hunt it was kind of a hodgepodge of like hey these are our three running backs and we're going to try to use each one in a different situation. Yeah. Do they do the same thing with Damian Williams, Carlos Hyde, and Dar uh, Darrell Williams? Well, I think it is going to be a collection. You know, it's going to be running back by committee, mm-hmm. without a doubt. Um, and I don't think, you know, because of Patrick Mahomes, he's a very athletic quarterback too. He can do a lot. He can move around and get balls out to people too. Mm-hmm. So that's going to help out. But I don't think it's going to be anything that spectacular. I don't think it'll be necessarily be amazing. And we're talking here like the Kansas City Chiefs aren't a playoff team. They're going to the playoffs yeah. next year. They're going to be fine. The only to the question playoffs. of are they going to go in as AFC West champions or wildcard? Exactly. That's going to be the tough part. Um, although I should say that none of this conversation matters because Patrick Mahomes is going to get injured. Uh, why are they? Why is he going to get injured? He's on the Madden cover. Okay, just so people be, know what you're talking about. Can't be on the Madden cover. Uh, and expect to be healthy. Dude, it looks like a sick cover, by the way. It does. Uh, so Chad Henney, I hope you guys like seeing him play because uh, he's your quarterback next could year. Could you then. imagine if Patrick Mahomes went down this year? Be terrible. You know who needs to draft him? Huh? Dave. Oh, Dave. Dave just needs to That'll make sure it, it happens, right? That would be terrible. For those of you new, Dave in our fantasy league every single year, um, Somebody gets injured, or no, no, not his somebody. Entire team yeah, gets we injured. we literally have an award that we've created the for injured reserve, injured reserve, which is his team name. Uh, it's obviously. usually him that wins it. right? He wins it all the time, like, all la- the time. One last, year he did not. Last year it was Lashawn McCoy was his big one. Mm-hmm. Um, but two years ago he didn't win it, but every other year he wins it. 
every single other year. And Dave wins it. it. And what started it was he had Tom Brady when Tom Brady went down with that uh, knee injury. What's the kicker who went down week one? Nate Keating. Yeah, Nate Keating. He Nick had Nate Keating. Keating. He's always got <laughs> Not him. even week one. The first kickoff of the season, yeah. Dave's kicker tears an ACL. <laughs> it just, it's to the point where in our, our fantasy football group chat, when if someone, someone gets hurt. Down, it's like, Dave. Dave, does Dave have him? Is he on Dave's team? Someone let me know if he's on Dave's team. <laughs> and to the point, too, where Dave, no one even has to ask anymore. Dave will say, hey, he's not on my team. <laughs> yeah, or preemptive, he is. Like, hey, don't blame me. He's not on my team. Or, yeah, so this one's my fault. Worry. Sorry, guys. What about the schedule? Because like we've said for the other ones, I'll say it again. AFC West, NFC North, AFC South, and the two mixed in for this one, the Baltimore Ravens. So we're going to see... Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes going at each other. Um, and then, of course, they get the New England Patriots in Foxborough. Obviously. What's your thoughts on the schedule? Um, I mean, you're a good team, but I think you're going to have some rough ones in there. Mm-hmm. You lose a home game yeah. against L- L.A., the mm-hmm. the charging L.A. Yeah. Um, you know, you're going to play the Baltimore Ravens, which I'm not that scared of. I think you're going to go on a tear at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacksonville won't be ready week one. The Colts will, might be your – the Colts are Texans. I think that will be like your first loss of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you're losing guys like Tyreek Hill and stuff, I think there's a good chance that's like your first loss of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem is you've got a really tight, compacted area where you go at Denver. You have Green Bay, Minnesota – at Tennessee, I mean, it's a road game, but that's not terrible. Mm-hmm. And then you lose your home game against the Chargers before the bye. That could be a really tough stretch right there where, you know, you're playing good teams. And if you guys don't have someone like Tyreek Hill, if the running game isn't as good as it used to, if the wide receivers aren't stepping up mm-hmm. the way you hope they will, that could potentially be a really kind of tough stretch right in the middle of the season. Then you have to look at the next part. You know, when you're competing with the Kansas City, or I'm sorry, with the uh, LA Chargers to go at New England, Denver, uh, at home, not terrible, at Chicago, and then play the Chargers. Fortunately, mm-hmm. it's at home, but that Chargers game, you guys were both 12 and 4 last year. That could yeah. be the thing that decides who wins the division. Yeah, I don't like those last four games. And even with Denver in there, I mean, do Denver's I ex- got a great defense. Do I expect Denver to win? No. But with a Vic Fangio defense, anything is possible. And we don't know mm-hmm. we don't know if by week fifteen that Vic Fangio defense in Denver is like, wow, they are really gelling. The Chiefs should be scared of this defense. We just don't know if that's gonna be the case. And I mean, if you look at I look back to last year, and this was a Chiefs team that kind of sputtered going into the playoffs. And like you look at it and it's Similar thing. Bye happens week 12. They got five games left. They beat Oakland. They barely beat Baltimore in overtime. They lose to the Chargers, lose to the Saint, or lose to the Chargers, lose to the Seahawks, and then against the Raiders win. Well, this time, this time, pardon me, you got the Chargers, who you already lost to that late in the season. I would say if the Seahawks beat you, this Bears team this year should beat you. I don't think you beat the New England Patriots like you did Baltimore. And your two wins against Oakland, 
one of those could be a loss because mm-hmm. you're playing Denver instead of Oakland. So, like, there's, to me, the possibility that off the top of my head, I just think out of the games, three wins or three losses, I should say, Patriots, Bears, and Chiefs. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's like, all right, after that Denver game, we got to win. If we lose one, if not both, we're not going to even be winning the division. This could be a team that maybe, depending on where the other teams are, think about it. If they're 12-4 and like they were last year and they lose three more games, they're 9-7. and 9-7 and is not going to be good enough to make the playoffs. So, like... This is a team in that last part of the schedule mm-hmm. is really going to have to be on their A game if they're going to want to win this year. Very true. Very true. So it's going to be tougher this year than it was last year. That's for sure. And mm-hmm. now, of course, the other thing is people got a lot more tape on Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. You know, you, a full year now. Of yeah. Him. It's going to be a little harder. Now people know that whole left hand thing exists. Yeah. They're going to say, all right, this guy can throw from either one of these hands. We got to watch mean, him. Now that playing with him in Madden, they know if he completes so many 30 yard passes, he just gets the bazooka. Yeah. He's got the bazooka, the, the X factor, Mark. The X factor. Can I just say, by mm-hmm. the way, like, I don't know if you and I have talked about this. Okay. That X Factor stuff in Madden is going to be A, janky as shit, B, piss me off to no end. Yeah, it's a bad idea. Like, the the whole thing of, like, Patrick Mahomes can just bomb at 83 yards with the X Factor. Juju Smith, the only way to knock him out of the X Factor is to double team him. Aaron Donald, it's mm-hmm. like try blocking him when he's on his X Factor. It's you nice can't. if you've got a good team, but if mm-hmm. you're you know, if your team sucks and you're trying to build them back, you're just gonna lose games all the time. But you know what though? Like if you're the Arizona always, Cardinal offensive right? line. It's always good to skip a Madden year. Mm-hmm. This looks like a good year to skip because that X Factor stuff, mm-hmm. guarantee it's gone after this year. I wonder if I wonder if they'll have a thing. I wonder if it'll be like Remember the quarterback cone? Yeah, lasted one like, year. Rex Grossman's was like little tiny sliver. Peyton Manning, I'm gonna cover the entire the field. field. This is the thing of I wonder if they will have it because I never played with the cone. I always you try it, off. it once and you're like this sucks and well, you turn it off. I tried it day one. Yeah, and I played it. I remember I was playing as Rex Grossman because I wanted to play as the Bears that year, and I went, "This is fucking horrible." And then for shits and giggles, I tried Peyton Manning, and I was like, holy shit, I don't even have to touch it. Yeah, it's the like, whole field. It's the whole field to where I just shut it off. I said, fuck it, like, just yeah, shut dumb. it off. Um, will it also be like the rewinds? Remember the rewinds? I actually well, liked the rewind oh, a little I bit. I threw an interception. Let's rewind that shit right. back. I like and maybe it I don't throw to you You now. can just say, hey, triple coverage, screw it. I got, an, I got a rewind. Let's yeah. go for it. And then it's like... Or you just throw it thinking, ah, he's open. Ooh, that was a good play. Let's run that shit back. Let's run that shit back. Um, but one thing I want to ask you, and this <laughs> has nothing to do with the Chiefs. I wanted to tag this on at the end of this preview because we haven't really had a segment about it for the NFL this upcoming year. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to relate the World Cup in here really quick. So the Women's World Cup that's going on right now. Okay. Um, there's a big bashing about it's called VAR, which is Video Assistant Referee. Cool. Um, basically, it's like, for example, I think it was, was it Cameroon who was playing? Um, but they had a goal 
taken away mm-hmm. mid-match because the person was an inch offsides. Mm. And the video, like, it's huge delays, huge, like, we got to get the call right, and then people are upset about it anyways. They're adding yeah. goals, taking away goals. I bring this up because I want to relate it to the NFL because now coaches mm-hmm. will be able to challenge pass interference. Yeah. And pass interference will now be reviewable. Good idea, bad idea, and will this be the VAR stuff that we're seeing in the World Cup? Is mm-hmm. that going to be no. what this is to the NFL? No, this People is a great are idea. Be upset about Fantastic it. idea. Coaches should be able to challenge literally anything mm-hmm. because they're limited. You got two challenges. Mm-hmm. If you get them both right in the first half, you get one more in the in the second half, and you're done. If you get it wrong, it's gone. You've lost a timeout. Mm-hmm. It is a great idea. Get the game right. And you know what? If people people are going to be a little bit concerned, I forgot what it was. There was some study about another sport that added some replay or something like that, and they found that it didn't actually add like a significant difference to mm-hmm. to the games. And if people are really concerned that it's going to add stuff in, okay, you know what we can do? Same thing that we started doing this past year when there were replays and stuff like that. Play us commercials during that, so we don't need and, as many commercials. And just the exact written thing here from NFL.com, mm-hmm. according to the final rule, pass interference reviews after the two-minute warning of each half and during overtime will be initiated by the replay yep. official. The replay official will only stop the game when there is clear and obvious visual evidence that a pass interference penalty May or may not have basically occurred. that Saints game. There, there yeah. you go. Would have been reviewed, and I know that the Saints fans are going, "Well, great! Like it doesn't help us now." Sure doesn't. But it takes a game like that to get what we got. I don't know. I was just I was watching, I was watching that World Cup, and it was High Noon. I think was talking about it, mm-hmm. and. I had not known what it was because I have not been watching the World Cup games. Yeah. I've been kind of just score watching of like, hey, did the U.S. win? Oh, uh, Rapone said, uh, why would you go to the fucking White House? Oh, that's cool. Um, Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, fun fact, after she said that, Trump invited them to the White House um, just to be a dick and a troll. Um, But I sat there and I wondered and I'm like, huh, with this pass interference rule – are we go are we going to have people saying the same thing cuz the biggest complaint is that not only is it getting calls changing calls that mm-hmm. we didn't really need changed but, I mean if it was wrong it's wrong but the big one mm-hmm. is that it's slowing down the pace of the game I wonder with this This isn't going to slow down the pace and I wonder if mm-hmm. it's like with a coach's challenge though yeah. I wonder if it will depending but people, on coaches how already use their challenges They've already done the study mm-hmm. on it, and they already found that it's not going to really significantly change right. the length it's, of the game. It's one of those things that I look at where it's In like, other sports that this type of thing has happened, it mm-hmm. has not changed the length of the game. Okay. Football I'm, should not be any different. I'm just thinking that it's one of those things mm-hmm. where I wonder if it's like, on paper it sounds great. But here's the thing. In practicality, once it's on the field, will mm-hmm. it be different? It It's no different than a coach's challenge. Mm-hmm. They're just now allowed to challenge a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, and you watch Red Zone. What do you care? Oh, no, I know. But, like, I mean, mm-hmm. for Sunday night football, I'm watching the game. For Monday night yeah. football. For the playoffs, 
I'm watching that game, and football games are already long. It's like three hours long, like, yeah. Like, that's the thing I liked about soccer, where it's like, I know it's like, I'm going into that game, give me an hour and a half, I'll be done. Sure. Doesn't matter. Really, you just need to tune in for about five minutes, because it's a lot of just back and forth for a little bit, yeah, and then good. it gets good. It's good action. But this is where you guys come in, you didn't hear us talk about, you didn't come here to hear us talk about soccer, you heard us talk about American football, but Chiefs fans, let us know what you guys think down below, and also, let us know what you guys think about that PI rule, because I agree it's needed, and you should be able to review pass interference. I just wonder if it will make games a little longer, um, especially if it's a pass interference that is a review where, okay, they're really looking to see if, did he get there before the ball did? And like, there's these plays where it's like, but it's got to be, you know, it's got to be absolutely no doubt for a challenge. So if there's doubt, they're not going to call it. They're not going to flip no, it. No, but what I'm saying is, so for the... I get what you're saying. I'm just saying that I think you're... For the officials in reacting the, a little in higher the booth, than you need to. they're not going to call it down unless, yes, we know for sure. No, no, no. But like a Any co- challenge, it has to be without a shadow of a doubt to overturn it. Mm-hmm. So let's say they don't call the pass interference. They need to have absolute 100% certainty that it is pass interference to overturn it. Other way around. No, if I, it is pass interference, they need to have a hundred percent certainty to overturn that. So there's not going to be them sitting around for ten minutes staring at it. Mm. If there's, we have never had a challenge last ten minutes. First of all, but second, I know but I was exaggerating. You know what I mean? Where yeah. it's like we sit there and it feels like forever. Where Here's we're looking the at the replay and it's like, I mm-hmm. it's like all of us on the couch going like two seconds. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. And then and they how end many, up saying something else. But how exactly? How many times are the people on the couch wrong? <laughs> yeah. So. Can happen three mm-hmm. times in a game. Absolute most would be six times in a game if mm-hmm. both coaches got it right 100% of the time, which never happens. But no matter what, it is making the game longer. Probably not. Because you got to look at You still got to look at the replay. Yeah, but here's the thing. You look at replays all the time. You have timeouts already. This is already mm-hmm. something that's built in the game and can I, exist. I bet you there will be at least one time this mm-hmm. season where there's one that is too close to call and they take extra time to look at it. But who cares if it takes an extra two minutes? What is that? What does that matter to you if it takes I'm, like two, three I'm minutes saying, longer? I what will happen? This, Calm down, football fans. This is, this you is guys what I'm are saying. sitting there watching football all Sunday. I know I'm one of them. <laughs> You've got nowhere else to be. This is just sit down, relax. Mark, Americans need to chill. I can see and it just right calm now. down and watch the game. I can see it right now. There's that first close one mm-hmm. happens a few times in yeah. a Sunday. The next day on first take, oh, the sure. pass interference replay rule is making the game too long. I'm sure it's going to be a I'm big thing you, on there. Happen. And then Colin Cowherd's going to talk about how Baker Mayfield sucks. <laughs> you know, it's the same old, same old because they do it for ratings. <sighs> My point is we all need to just be more patient and calm mm-hmm. in our lives. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> You're sitting on your damn couch watching the game anyways. Mm-hmm. Just sit back, relax, and watch. Well, this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below in that comment section. Also, make sure to follow us on Patreon. Make sure to um, follow us on Twitch and give us a sub on twitch.tv backslash Podcast at rate and review the Onside Kick on Apple Podcast, on iTunes. Also, check out our other NFL previews if you have not already. want to thank you guys for watching on YouTube. Thank you guys for listening on podcast services around the world. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.